Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason returns to KBLA Talk 1580. Your brother Zoe Williams is back in the building. We're about to do something a little bit different than normal because folk have been reaching out. I got my brother Willie Ellison on the line as well as his partner Jeff. Come on in here, man. Jeff Chapman. Let's talk real quick. We got about three minutes to do this, my friends. It, just tell my folks, because my folks love what I love. Tell my folks what amazing event you guys have planned. Uh, hey, how's everybody doing out there? Uh, Willie Ellison. Yeah, we're doing an event Saturday, March 4th at Santa Anita called the Big Cat Party. Uh, just an event for grown folks. Classy event with uh, live thoroughbred racing, live music, great food. Uh, complimentary cocktail tasting. Um, just, just a great time. Great, great evening. Great, great, great day. Now you know I'm from Pasadena, so I know that Santa Anita area quite well. It's a very nice area over there. Is this near the racetrack? It's at the racetrack. Um, Amazing. Yeah, it's at Santa Anita Park, at the racetrack, the uh, premier race place mm-hmm. in the U.S. Uh, again, we're gonna have a live thoroughbred racing. Uh, it's going to be a great event uh, for a great cost. You get a lot of good things with it. And what is the uh, cost? parking. The cost is $100. Uh, yes, go to the website. Um, it's uh, we, we have commercials running in your station right now. Mm-hmm. The website is sananita.com slash sapphire. And for your $100 tickets, you get uh, valet parking, a great buffet. Uh, like I mentioned before, complimentary uh, drink tasting. Uh, complimentary, complimentary glass of beer or wine upon arrival, one per guest. Hmm. The great ambiance of the chandelier room, and again, live entertainment, plus the after party from 5 to 7 with more drinks, more food, and a meeting greet with the, uh, with the jockeys. Jeff, how old is Santa Anita Park? So Santa Anita actually opened in 1934, so it's one of the oldest racetracks in America. And it's the premier thoroughbred track on the West Coast. So like Willie was touching on, we have, you know, three or four of the big days of the of the year. And Saturday is one of them. There are four stakes races on Saturday. First post is at noon. Gates open at 10 o'clock. Like Willie said, we'll be going until about 7 p.m. with live racing and live music all, all day and all evening. Man, this sounds like a really high-end classy event one in a lifetime event where you take your woman and you go and you show off a little bit is that right willie that's exactly what it is it's for the grown and classy a great place to take your woman for a complete day of uh, fun and excitement Uh, just a great time like you said the live excitement thoroughbred racing uh just a uh a get dressed up feel good event we're bringing that uh Kentucky Derby style out. Oh, uh, really? So do me a favor, Willie. Tell everybody the website. What is the website, the point of contact, so people can go, everybody should go. I think I'm going to show up. This is, like I said, I'm from Pasadena, so I think I'll go to this. Give us the website so we can go sign up. Uh, And correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but it's um, sananita.com slash sapphire. 
and go to that yep. website and you oh, go ahead, Jeff. No, I was just going to touch on what Willie said. That's correct. Sandanita.com slash Sapphire. You get a deal, all that for a hundred dollars. And like Willie said, the, the chandelier room, it's a, like a swanky nightclub. There's even a speakeasy in there for some of our VIPs. So if you show up, I'll show you the speakeasy. Uh, it's a credi- incredible place to watch with live music and live racing. Well, I appreciate you guys for reaching out and, and, and sharing this most incredible event. I think I will do it. It's Saturday. I might as well go visit that part of town. I ain't been over there in a minute. Might as well go check it out. Thank you guys for reaching out, and thank you guys for sharing this amazing event. Thanks for your time. We'll, we'll see thank you, you Saturday. Having us. We greatly appreciate it. Yes, yes sir. You. Hey, listen. The voice of reason is known for riveting topics. Do you know tonight, listen, let me just say this. I love it when my people send me their topics in my email. By the way, if you want to do it, my email address is VOR106 at gmail.com. A brother sent me what many might consider an incendiary topic. But we must discuss it. I'm tired of people being afraid of having real conversations. Zoe Williams is not afraid to have these conversations. Are you? I hope not. Listen, you're invited to participate. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. Let me tell you what the topic is tonight. Are interracial relationships revolutionary? A deeper look at if you can be pro-black and be in an interracial relationship slash marriage. The brother sent me these questions. He sent me this topic. Can you be pro-black and have a woman that is not of your race? And what's interesting is when I walked in today, Ariva Martin was talking. And then I saw my sister, Maisha. She was speaking on it. I said, whoa, the serendipity of this topic is amazing. Can your interracial woman support your struggle, brother? 1-800-920-1580. I want to know how successful are interracial relationships. Would you, this is a doozy, would you deny an organic true love connection in an interracial relationship to stand in solidarity with your oppressed people. I love you, but I can't do it. I can't look at my mama. My mama can't look at me. It, as long as we struggling, I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> if the love is organic and it's not coming from a space of low self-esteem or conditioning where you think you're less than white folk, could you date someone who has ancestry that became wealthy off the backs of your people? Oh, Lord, 1-800-9-2015. I know this is a hard topic. But now ain't the time to be scared, people. You found out. You did some research. You know, I like this girl. There's really something special about this girl. Yeah, she's beautiful. She love on me. She 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 make me uh she done learned how to make salmon croquettes. She done learned 
I like this girl right here. But you find out that her folk, last day of Black History Month, had to end with a bang. What y'all thought? You find out that her folk got family that made money off the backs of your family's servitude. Would you move forward in that relationship? And I'm asking, should, should these be the type of conversations interracial relationships should have? 1-800-920-158. Now y'all want to get scared. Don't get scared this evening. When I come forward, we're going to get much deeper into this topic. Reasons. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk. You know you want some more. More. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. question dr umar are you totally against interracial relationships i am totally against it and i want to make sure you understand why Mm -hmm. it's not because (laughs) (laughs) cut it out Cut it out, Envy. Don't do that, Envy. I'm, I'm having a serious conversation. We have a name for it. The snow bunny crisis. Okay. I am against the snow bunny crisis. And I want your white listeners to understand. Because people be trying to say stuff like, uh, he's the black Hitler. I'm not the black Hitler. I am, I am in no way interested in hurting or harming the life of any human. White, Asian, Chinese, I believe in respecting everybody. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm against interracial marriage Envy and Charlemagne is because marriage is an economic contract. It's an economic contract. Most women do not marry down in status. They marry up. And if you don't believe me, show me a rich white woman married to a broke ass black man. Have you ever seen a rich white woman marry a broke ass black man? No, you have not. And you never will because marriage ain't about love. It's not colorblind and it is totally economic. So if marriage is an economic unification and a contract, how can we who don't have enough already give so much to the white woman and to white people who have already taken too much when we got all these black women out here who will never get married? Only one out of every four black women in America will ever taste marriage and half of them who taste marriage will be divorced within five years. If you want to save the black family, if you want to save the black family, you have to protect it. And in order to protect it, you have to be against interracial marriage. You can't say I love the black family, but I don't have a problem with interracial marriage. 
Interracial marriage is eliminating the black family because it is not providing our women with enough uh, available and able black men to be their husbands. So you're so it's not just white. It's, it's not just white women. You just feel white women. Oh, brother Umar Johnson said it on fire. He's not even speaking from a racial space, a space of inferiority or superiority. He's speaking from a space of economics and nation building. Can you fault him for his POV? Another misnomer about interracial marriages or dating. and all Most people get hung up on black and white. But you do know black and Asian, white and Asian. Uh, you know, uh, black and Middle Eastern, white and Middle East. You do know that there's different variations of interracial dating or and or marriage. But you can see that a lot of this stuff out here is propaganda. And I'm going to tell you how. As it pertains to interracial. When you are a, a, a group of people who don't have an internal compass, a knowledge of self-compass, your culture, your belief system, your lineage, your ideation of self, when you don't have that, you will look at other races who are doing better and you will feel like, I need to go over there to escape the poverty of here. That's a self-esteem relationship. That's not. And, and many interracial relationships are rooted in self-esteem and self-worth. I want to have a baby that has uh, uh, good hair. Ooh, I want to have a baby that has good hair. Oh, I want to have a baby that got light eyes. I got light eyes. One of my grandparents is biracial. Everybody else black, but one of my grandparents is biracial. My grandmother. But I, again, we fantasize and aggrandize everything white. So you know that's going to trickle down. Right. Into your self-worth. If it trickles down into your self-worth, it's also going to trickle down into your relationship expectations, your preferences. Wow, this is heavy. This is heavy. Would you deny? I have to read this again. Would you deny an organic true love connection from an interracial relationship to stand in solidarity with your oppressed people. I could do this for me, but this is bigger than me. 1-800-920-1580. The phone lines are absolutely berserk. Let's go. Who been on the longest? Nazarene X, Atlanta. Get in here. Oh, man. And I get to set it off. What up, though? Set it <laughs> off. <laughs> man, look. So thank you. Way to way to uh, go out with a bang. So, uh, so if I may have a little bit of space, one thing that's cool that I found out in reading uh, Georgia's code, like you know the law books for real. Even in a code, they don't necessarily call February Black History Month. This is American History Month. 
different layers to this thing, right? <clears throat> so to just jump off on that, we got uh, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson with her uh, racism color theory, which basically speaks to, you know, how genetically speaking, white people are just afraid of their genetic annihilation. Being that the non-white gene is the dominant. So, man, we just have fun with this now. Kanye Ben said in his song, like, you know, I'm going to impregnate Bridget. So when she have a baby, she going to have another, you know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Wow. Keep going. You, you just All you got to do is just look at it. And it's kind of funny. Like, I, I'm all for it. Um, Never great goat to throw in there is our elder, uh, Dr. Nelly Fuller Jr. According to the code, there's really only two races outside of humanity. There's white, there's non-white. When you're dealing with somebody, I feel like it's just straight up foolish for you to reject real love based upon skin color, based upon surface level, whatnot, materialism, whatever it is. If you have the opportunity to embrace real love, mm -hmm. if you don't do it, I believe you're a fool. So you saying that don't mean irrespective of race, mm -hmm. if it show up and it's true and it's real. Go get it. That's what you said. Have at it. That's what we really need to be focused on anyway. Now, I'm not saying at the same time, little disclaimer or whatnot, I'm not saying that that gives people that are, say, out of whack internally, is basically trying to escape to another race or what have you, another situation for whatever reason. It's not justifying you going outside of your so-called race to under the guise of love, you know, to feel secure or to like, uh, I don't, I don't even, that's not even my world for real. I, as, as a non-white man, I'm with my sisters. I'm with everyone really. It, just, you name it. I'm, I'm cool with it in that sense. However, I just had that, to my knowledge, a pre-inclination for my sister. A but love and respect for. It, it sounds like the, the way you're, you're positioning yourself you're going to be damned if you do and damned if you don't. Because <laughs> let me just give you this real quick and then you can piggyback off of that. For sure. So the stats are this. They say, you know, black men date outside their race, outside of our race, uh, at double black women date or marry outside of our race. But when you look at the numbers, mm -hmm. black men, 8%. That means 92% of black men <laughs> mess with women, right. <laughs> sisters, right? Mess with sisters, yeah, right? Sure. Okay. Then mm -hmm. they say 4% of sisters marry, date outside their race. That means 96% of sisters deal with brothers. So... <laughs> For the most part, we rock with each other. I think there's this, this narrative out there that makes it seem like we really don't. Talk to me about that. Mm -hmm. Well, again, yeah, I'm not the statistical guru in that in that breath. Uh, it seems like it works, you know, in that sense. Like, I, it seems like I could imagine it to be accurate, you know, on whatever light. I believe statistic, uh, statistics are also used to skew the minds of the brainwashed people and like to condition you to think a certain way anyway when you kind of get wrapped up in it to a certain degree. They do have weight, but a lot of times we can get caught up in it and say, 
right, what about all the people that they ain't counting? You know, and, and that brother kind of draws a line between who's actually married and reporting it or who's actually just in the streets handling that, that business. Mm. You know, it's, it's kind of just d- different lines and all of that. Um, and even Dr. Umar Johnson was speaking to, uh, you know, I guess the marriage contract and all being, I guess, some way of solidifying assets for a family or wealth. And that's that's beautiful, which kind of makes me think like, to my knowledge, I mean, no disrespect to anyone, but he has the non-YG in his ancestry as well, but he still identifies as going for a certain cause, racially speaking, or for the people at large, and it's kind of third. And I just imagine, let's say like there's a woman of a quote-unquote different race. At the end of the day, if we get married and she has benefited off of the backs of the works of our ancestors, at the end of the day, it could be a situation where she's in on the play, like she's going to bring that back home, like, now we wrap tied hold back on. in. Wait, hold on. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> like, so, oh, I see. I see. Mm-hmm. They pimped us. Let's turn the pimp game around and pimp them. Funnel that money we back to us. Is that co- Why not? <laughs> You're not saying that, are you, yeah. Nazarene? <laughs> I'm not saying that's going to be my life, but I'm not saying that regardless of how my life work out, it's... It, I'm with I'm with Nipsey Hustle. All money in. Y'all work out the paperwork later. We gonna deal with the resources. We gonna reclaim that throne. Hey, so hold tight, Nazarene X. Hold tight. When we come forward, I'm going back to Atlanta to finish up this discussion with Nazarene X. The Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Dilbert has been fired. The newspaper comic has been around for more than three decades. It spawned multiple best-selling books. It appeared in thousands of newspapers at its height with its take on the frustrations of cubicle work life. But today, the syndicate that distributed Dilbert cut all ties with its author, Scott Adams, for blatantly racist remarks. Adams on his YouTube show referenced a poll by Rasmussen. That's a pro-Trump media company whose polls do not meet CNN standards. The poll suggested that 53% of black Americans indicated they agree with the statement, it's okay to be white, leaving the other 47% to say they disagree or they aren't sure. We should note here the significance of that statement, it's okay to be white. The Anti-Defamation League says that phrase has a long history in the white supremacist movement. So why Rasmussen was polling on it is anyone's guess. But here is what, some of what Adam said. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. The best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Um, fairly racist. Wow. Listen, black people love Dilbert, the comic book strip. Black people used to read Dilbert. He said his advice is for white folk to get away from black folk. Let me just say, 
when you have done the things that you've done to black people in America, white folk, when you have done the things you have done to black folk in America, would it stand to reason, and I'm not advocating for this, but would it stand to reason that black people got a pretty good reason to not like white folk, to not trust white folk, to not want to be around white folk. And now white folk, and I'm not, this is not all white people now. But you get white folk like this coming out talking crazy. Talk about white people get away from black people. <laughs> what? What do you mean get away? Are you in our hoods? Are you where we're at? Or are we are we where you at? <laughs> what do you mean get away? Every time <laughs> we move, make a little money and move into a neighborhood that is considered predominantly white. And if too many black folk move in that neighborhood, you guys do something called white flight. Compton. Used to it, Compton started off as a, a middle class white folks. Black people moved in, y'all left. Y'all been getting away from black people the whole time. This is why the interracial relationship is complicated. Do you understand? It's complicated. When the brother, Dr. Umar Johnson, talked about marriage as a business, well, that's technically what it is. That's how you leave legacy pieces to your kids. Do you understand? That's how this happens. You know, the number one indicator, right, for wealth in America is marriage. The number one indicator for poverty in America is divorce. Listen, man, why would you, if you, let me just ask the question. Somebody call in and help me understand. If you marry someone outside of your race that has more money than you and you guys divorce, does some of their wealth transfer to you, brother? I'm, I'm, I'm just asking. If you're a brother and you're married to a white woman, does some of is Michael Jordan's wealth going to transfer to his white wife? I, I want to know what what because this is the premise of what. Dr. Umar Johnson is talking about, he's not really talking about, you know, white people and and he's talking about, hey, if you're going to build a family structure, you build it on marriage. That's what he's saying. Do you agree or disagree? The number to dial 1-800-920-1580. The phone lines are absolutely berserk. Nazarene was on the line and then his call dropped. Nazarene, I need you to call back. I loved what you were cooking up. But until you could call back, let me get these other callers in here. Solo the Great from Bangkok. That's right. Bangkok in the building. You know where Bangkok is. <laughs> Joe, what's good, man? What's uh, up, brother? Man, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all accepting my call. Tell everybody where you're calling from. I just wanted to tap in. 
Man, I'm calling from Bangkok, bro. Um, it's it's uh, about 10.42 here. And uh, I'm shocked that I was able to even catch y'all. <laughs> and I appreciate all your work. That's what's up, brother. But, Talk to hey, me, man. But as, but as far as in the topic, hey, man, you can't trust them. <laughs> I learned that when I was like 12. And I've been having my eye open on them ever since. Uh, I, man, just I mean, all you, you can be cordial hey, with him and be solo, cool. the, solo the great. Let me just tell you this: you can say whatever you want, just don't curse, just don't curse, brother, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I, feel I, it I, in I, your yeah, spirit. You want to cuss somebody? Out. Yeah, you I'm can't sorry. cuss them out tonight. But I, say what you want to say, but don't right, curse. Man, check this out. So I'm half a world away. I'm in the little bar here. And I got a UK dude, white guy. Why do they always like to talk about what a black man junk is? It's weird. <laughs> and I find that they weird no matter where you go. I'm in a club. I'm trying to have a good time. And this dude want to talk about the size of black men. They like, oh, man, it's crazy. So I what, just say don't so, trust them. So the, what was the conversation? What is your diet? What do you eat? <laughs> <laughs> man, right. Right. Like, like, man, you know, we just have a few drinks and, and dude just like, oh yeah, lady, oh, oh yeah, this mess with him. He got he got a nice size. Like, dude, really? Like, and he just went on and on, man. I had to get up out of there. Mm. Mm. I'm like, I I, I think someone said, like, they got a fetish about, you know what I'm saying, black men. And it's, and it's dudes. And I think that goes all the way back to what they were talking about with slavery, things that they was doing during slavery, stuff like that. But, but let me ask man, you, let I me ask you, Solo, weird. let me ask you. If you had an opportunity to date a white woman, an Asian woman, a Brazilian, an Indian, any woman... If you had an opportunity to experience unconditional true love in an interracial relationship, would you accept or turn it down for and I and I would say turn it down in solidarity of your people's oppression? Man, that's that's tough. But first I'm a married man, I'm married to a black woman. And, I and, and there we go. But, <laughs> but but if I wasn't, and and what you said, true love, true that's love. rare. Right. True love, that's that's rare. So I don't think you can pass something. I don't think you can pass up on a unicorn. You know what I'm saying? So I I think you have to you have to test that out. But as far as in the wealth transfer, your people, man. Hey, once you have kids with her, she black. She black or the kids black? Because, you know, that's a confusing component, black. too. Look, the kids black, she black, because once the meat go inside it, man, everything is getting dark. Solo the Great from Bangkok. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you talked a lot about male members and you calling from Bangkok. Listen, man, I appreciate man, the call, man. brother. Thank you for reaching out a world away, man. 
man, you got a seat at the table anytime. Thank you, brother. You brought Bangkok in the Amen. building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. When I come forward, we're going to talk to our white brother, Sean, from Oakland, California, who is in an interracial marriage. When we come forward, a lot of people got a lot to talk about. Is it good to you? you? More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Turn this off. Let me me tell you. Turn turn this off. See, that's art. Art is saying, I can inspire people to be good people. I can inspire people to, to, I can, through my art, and this is true. I believe in this. This is true. Through my art. I can affect your heart in a way that causes you to change. And yes, there's value in records like that. But let's be clear. There is, it is no measure of health to be fully integrated into a sick society. Krishnamurti. So what happens? LeBron James brings his childhood homeboy, Rich Paul, to the NBA and makes him his agent, right? Makes him his agent. So you know what? He starts getting too much power, Rich Paul. He starts becoming the agent of other people. And then they establish uh, uh, an agency, an NBA agency, right? This kid doesn't have any college education, doesn't have anything, right? Doesn't have a degree. So the NCAA tried to collude against this. This is racism. They tried to collude against Rich Paul. This is the system, right? Tried to collude against him and say, well, no agents can speak to student athletes without a bachelor's degree. Who did the research? Only 16% of African-American males have a bachelor's degree. So somebody at the NCAA said, this boy getting too much power. This is racism in effect. Now, whoever the hidden hand is, let's just be honest. Can we have an honest discussion? People get mad when black folk have these kind of discussions. They say, oh, he's angry. He, you know, he's, no, no, I'm just pointing out the systemic racism that being black in America represents. This is how it manifests itself. So you, you, you got Rich Paul, somebody in the NCAA or in the NBA said, that man getting too much power. He took LeBron to become a billionaire. Both of them just had high school education. Rich Paul is one of the most powerful agents in the NBA right now. And fortunate for Rich, some members in the media and players came out and said, this is racism. You're targeting one man by trying to make it seem like, oh, well, you know, all agents must have a bachelor's degree. That's what they did. So, and you say, well, how does that relate, Zoe? I'm saying we live in a toxic society, a racist society. That's right. Clutch Sports Group is the name of LeBron's 
sports sports agency. Right. We live in a toxic society that still has toxic narratives and tropes about black people that we didn't author ourselves. Andy, get in here. That's why he's dating Adele. Now, here, my thing is, don't date Adele to make other white folk mad. See, see, date Adele because it's organic, because it's real. Don't date or Adele to make a statement to say, and I got your woman. So are we saying that this was a political move on his behalf? I don't know them, so I don't know if it was political or not. I'm just saying, don't show up to the Oscars with Adele like, what's happening? See, you tried to play me, but I played you. Don't do that. Because a sister need a brother. The stats are staggering. Sisters are the last to get married and the first to get divorced. The stats tell the truth. Huh? 1-800-920-1580. The phone lines are berserk. Let's get Nazarene back in here so he can wrap up his thought. Hey, peace, man. Sorry about that call driving earlier. That's all right. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I think we just pretty much just throwing it out there like, man, maybe about this whole what what marriage is about, right? Because really, it's, it's paperwork, man, at least on that level. It's a taxable status. So in the real world, our marriage involves the person and or persons that we with. So my thing is, you know, from a standpoint of, oh, well, you can't get married because it's going to empower another racial community. It's going to third. It's just come back down to man. Like, who's the head of that household? Or who's running that ship, man? Because mm. for real, you, you don't have to be necessarily married to pass on assets to someone. But again, it comes down to, okay, do you have a will? You know, have you written in your family members? Are you spending your, let's say, black dollars with your black community? Because it really don't matter at the end of the day. Like, you don't have to tie everything up into the imaginary paperwork world because, again, your relationships, your marriage is supposed to be sacred. So I think as long as you get on the same page with somebody, and um, even to that note with, with sisters in general, it might be a statistic thing. Maybe sisters can call in. If you were with a man who has an idea, so to speak, a business idea, and he's like, I'm going to marry Becky because she, she got the three billion acres and everything that she owed, and she, she feel like we deserve it back. So I'm she's going to be one of our wives. You with that? Or now you're going to play stingy in that sense of like, how are we really thinking? Because, I, I mean, I'm just... I imagine that in general, our sisters aren't going to be kind of in that mindset to allow for one of their brothers to, quote unquote, capitalize on the glitches in the matrix out here. But see, like, listen, it is what it is. but Nazarene, this this is where you and I agree. If it's organic, yes. OK, it happened. I wasn't looking mm-hmm. for it. It happened organically. It's true. It's real. First off, that's rarer than uh a, a $20 million bill. So that's rarer already. than that already. So mm-hmm. what I posit is that most people are dating from a low self-esteem space. That's what I posit. Mm-hmm. Hold tight, Nazarene. When we come forward, we, we promise you're going to wrap up your thought in the next segment.
KBLA 1580 Santa Monica. In that particular interview, uh, you, you talked about a, a variety of issues that also uh, got people uh, talking. One of them uh, dealt with your views on interracial marriage. Yes, sir. And so, uh, and, and so explain that for folks who did not hear it. Uh, certainly. Simply put, any black man who is with a woman who's not an African herself is going to have a difficult time getting respect from me. I believe black men need to be with black women. The black family is under attack. Only one out of every four black women gets married. The black woman is last likely to get married. She's the last married, the first divorced. We have what? Two thirds of our children being raised by working class and impoverished single black female led house homes. The destruction of a nation begins in the home of its families. And if we want to save black people, we have to save the black family. So, and in order to do that, black men have to commit themselves to black women. So, I'll, so when you talk about not getting your respect, so, which, so if that's the case, you're saying uh, Senator Barack Obama does excuse me, President Barack Obama didn't get your respect because his dad uh, married a white woman? Oh, not at all. Would, uh, would Harry Belafonte? Not at all. Would I want to be very clear about something. As Pan-Africanists, the product of an interracial union is an African. I have heroes who are biracial. Some of the grandfathers of Pan-Africanism were of mixed racial ancestry. You don't blame a child for how they got here. But I'm asking you this here. Harry Belafonte has a white wife. No respect for him? City it would party. be very, it doesn't C matter. It C doesn't matter your social status. So no, 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 I didn't say social I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the one who put the work Right, in. but you put so, him so, out. No, 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 I'm asking you. So mm -hmm. Harry Belafonte. Yes, sir. Sidney Poitier, Julian Bond, Vernon Jordan. And you're say, naming all them to say what? No, these are all African-American mm -hmm. men who have Who have done some good things. No, no, who have married white women. But you said you, no, any, any black man who marries a white woman will not get your respect. Can I respond? Yeah, go ahead. And what I'm telling you is this. I don't care who you name. I don't care how much work you did for black people. Your greatest commitment to black people is being committed to a black woman. It is still a contradiction. No matter how much you think you did for the struggle, if you really were concerned with black people, you would have committed yourself to a black woman. So it doesn't matter how successful they are. It doesn't matter how great you may claim them to be. At the end of the day, you didn't think enough about your own people to marry a woman who looks like you. Mm -hmm. Dr. Umar Johnson with get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Jeez, get ready, get ready, get ready. He came with the flames. But if you're listening from a logical standpoint, so did Roland Martin. Because the question was, can you be pro-black and be in an interracial relationship and or marriage? So he named some brothers that were pro-black, that were about their people, right? And that did good work for their people. However, Dr. Umar Johnson is also right. Why not keep all the magic within your community? You struggle enough with self-esteem, knowledge, lack of knowledge of self. If your woman, listen, let me, this, let me tell you how I look at it. When I look at my woman, I think to myself, huh, those genes go all the way back to Eve. The real Eve, two million years ago. I, 
all the mitochondria, uh, mitochondrial DNA is in that woman right there. She connects us all the way back to God. It's hard for me to look at her offspring as more attractive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's my preference. Doesn't mean I don't, it doesn't mean I don't think maybe some white women out there are attractive. Let me tell you who I think are attractive all over the world. Them Indian girls from India. Them some beautiful women now. Them Indian girls, boy, listen, they got that brown skin. <laughs> beautiful women in India. Some beautiful women. In Brazil, listen, that Brazilian mix is beautiful. But when I see my sisters here, there's something about my sisters here that resonates differently with me. I'm sorry. It's okay. one 800 I know the phone lines is cracking. Andy can't contain himself. Get in here, Andy. <laughs> Um, when you think about them Indian women, though, remember Pangea? Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, man, I kind of consider them a black, African a little bit. I consider anybody that isn't Caucasian black. Interesting. I call them everywhereans. So if you go back into the evolution, right, the out of Africa, right, just be honest. If you go back, the out of out of Africa model, right? Homo sapien sapien was almost destroyed because there was a massive uh, natural disaster that happened. There was a, 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 a volcano eruption, Toba, I think it's called the Toba. That erupted. It was a, 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 a an extinction level event activity or action that happened. And that big cloud of volcanic dust covered the earth, almost choking out all life on earth. And a small group of Homo sapiens sapiens survived and they came up out of Africa. And then went all over the world. This is why I call the great cultures from all over the world, part of the er- everywhearian family. You get the Mayans, you get the, the Olmecs, who, the Mayans and the Incas come out of the Olmecs. You get them ancient Indians, you get the Tibetans, you get the Asia. Asia just means East. This is why and the, the English term is Oriental, to orient oneself to the East. The Far East. Listen, all them folks were seeded by us. All those civilizations. So when I see a woman with melanin, I go, yes. She's an everywhearian. She's part of the human family. Now, not that white folk ain't human or not part of the human family. Just for me, I like color. I like there's something about sisters. There's, there's a magic on sisters. Have you ever seen kids double dutch? <laughs> I'm just saying, we, we created double dutching and, and rap music and jazz and 
and R&B and rock and roll. There's a magic that comes out of us as a people. But the knowledge of who we really are has been stripped away. And so we look outside of our own race for love. Come on now. Come on. Nazarene X, get in here, man. Finish your thought. And look, so, so many. And I'm, I'm all the way with you, huh? Like, you know, when we get back down to it, again, it's that everywhearian concept. And it's just kind of unearthed a few of these things, like, respectfully. <laughs> Most people will say, speaking from, I'm not looking for Dr. Umar respect in that sense. Anyway, even with my sister, I don't need him to approve of the queenness with me. That's one. You know, it's not necessarily like getting wrapped up in somebody else's opinion and this and the third, because even the pan-African thing can get blurred, because again, when we're tracing it back to the roots that precede more areas for division like it's bad enough that the term black legally is why we not getting the type of restitutions and all these miscellaneous confusion narratives about uh what is it the reparations and all that it's all back to legal jargon too because marriage paperwork legal paperwork binding agreements you in that sense you know you're busy identifying as black that could be problematic in itself again we need to just kind of pay attention to more important or larger concepts. And another thing about the whole racism piece, a lot of us don't necessarily want to deal with that. Like sometimes we'll go as far as where the pain doesn't hurt as much, but before the quote unquote, the put it this way, before the whites enslaved the non-whites, it was the other way around. Oh, I know. We So that's the thing is like, Again, it, I'm not saying to go outside your race or whatnot, but again, that's why from a more, let's say, if we break it back down to the code, there's white and there's non-white, just for the sake of simplification in that sense. Brazilians, Asians, uh, Latinas, Afro-Latinas, or whatever whatever the denomination <laughs> or ethnic group, I love Eritrean woman, the whole nine, they're all non-white in that, in that pocket. And yeah. lastly, just the kind of keep it there those sudanese those sudanese sisters yeah. boy boy yeah. them sudanese <laughs> sisters as black All as lacquer boy you can the sweat look like stars on their skin man that come on mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and that's not necessarily outside of our race right like again people just should we banging against you know how where we come from in america like i'm from the south side i'm from it's East Coast, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's enough banging against one another, but again, like, there's a through line to it all, which again remains, to me, simplified, just love. My last little accoutrement on that subject was just the, the bottom line is just because you're black don't mean you're not a white supremacist. Ooh. Just deal with that. <laughs> let that translate, let that marinate throughout all of your interactions, all your doings, own your ship, Man. control your house, Man. Your family continue to do the work. Let love be love. That's my brother, man, Nazarene X. Coming, <laughs> we appreciate you, man. Atlanta, Georgia, in the building strong. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. I see you, Sean. I see you, Haru Ali. We're going to get to y'all as soon as we come forward. I know y'all got a lot to talk about. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening.
listening to the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. And my playlist. We on fire tonight. Phone lines are cracking. The topic is amazing. I just, we have to have these kind of conversations, no matter how uncomfortable they are. Like, like for instance, some of the questions the brother sent me who created this topic. What's the difference between dating interracial women and black women who have the European mindset? And I guess you could flip that too, right? What's the difference, right, between dating interracial men or, or interracial women and black men who have uh, the European mindset? So there are brothers out there who come from a self-hate perspective. They don't like that they're dark. They don't like their nose. They don't like their lips. They don't like their hair texture. And we've seen brothers of note, right, go out and, and basically get filmed saying things like, I want, you know, I want a light-skinned baby or I want my baby to have baby hair or good hair. Or, and all The whole good hair concept is crazy. Don't you know the nappier, the stronger, the gene? Okay, 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. What, what I'm trying to say is if your interracial love is born out of self-hate, it can't be love. If it's organic, if it happened spontaneous, if it was kismet, if it was magic, and there was no way to avoid it, okay, I, I can argue for that. But if it comes out of a lack of self-knowledge, if it comes out of self-hate, self-hate can't produce interracial love. Somebody meme it, 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. Who's been on the lung? Sean, Oakland, California, get in here. Hey, brother, so... You know, you said at the very beginning of the show, is it re revolutionary uh, to have interracial relationships or uh, is close to that? Mm -hmm. So I happen to be in one of those relationships. So my thing is, is that love, you know, when you're attracted to someone and all that. Um, and by the way, before I go into that, um, I totally respect people, black separatists. I, I I respect the whole thing um, of people that, um, you know, want to, um, you know, preserve something that, by the way, in this day and age, in my opinion, <clears throat> um, may be antiquated. And, and, and the reason why I say that is because you could say the same thing for white separatists, right? Mm. But my point is, is that when you have that love and you, you pass it on to your kids and you pass it on, um, it doesn't really matter except you want them to know their heritage. You would never know though, <clears throat> my kids, um, total heritage. You'd never know because they're, um, lighter skinned. Right. I mean, and, and even black folks know this because they're not dumb that they, they know in their heritage, you know, there are lighter uh, skinned folks. So my point is, I think sometimes uh, we miss the point of how important it is to uh, perpetuate, you know, love in community. And, 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 you know, because 
you know, my, my kids, um, I want them to just be able to um, get along anywhere in the world, all the entire planet, not just in my neighborhood, not just in my country. I want them to be able to get along anywhere and, and, and just set an example, you know, so they need to know their heritage. They need to know all the different um, cultures that they have in their past. That's very important, no doubt. But I'm just saying that I, I don't think it's revolutionary. I think it's been happening from the beginning of Earth. I love the insight. We appreciate you. You already know. I, I make a Brother, space, man. Yeah. I make a space for every voice, man. And we appreciate you, Sean. Thank you for the insight. You brought Oakland, California in the building. Whose city is next? There are a lot of people in here. A lot of people didn't agree with what my brother Sean had to say. If you disagree with him, don't sit in the chat room typing. Call and say what you say. There's space for you to say what you say. 1-800-920-1580. Let's get Heru Ali in here. He's been on the longest. Heru, talk to me. Peace and love to the family nations. Honors all. Yes, sir. First of all, <laughs> here we go. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Gilbert was talking about because there's nowhere on this planet that you can go and get away from uh, white, so-called white folks. Because even if we're segregated in our own neighborhoods, they still have the ability to come in there and bomb that. Mm. They still have the ability to come in there and regulate what you do because this is their system. To the victors go the spoils. Mm. So my question is, what is our working definition of what pro-black means? And I ask that because I married my high school sweetheart, who happens to be a sister. We were married for 21 years. That didn't last. And I don't remember anybody ever calling me pro-black for marrying my sister. You know what I'm saying? It's for marrying a sister. So what is our working definition of pro-black? No, what, what is your working definition of pro-black? You don't call and ask me questions. I ask you questions. <laughs> what is your definition of pro-black, brother? No. <laughs> Ain't no well, switching the tables. Well, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully. Oh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that. But I'm going I'm to give a statement first, if I, if, I, if I may. Yes, go ahead, brother. <laughs> Nazarene, our brother Nazarene X kicked it off and uh, loved his reference to um, the ancestors, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Wellsley and, 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 and Dr. Fuller. And correct me if I'm wrong, it so sounded like that um, he was talking about being strategic with... Uh, uh, the interracial relationship and marriage thing. I say that because if there's only 4% of sisters and 8% of brothers doing that, well, that's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's not making a real impact. The examples that I was going to bring up, which, you know, I got beat to the punch was Harry Belafonte, uh, Maya Angelou, uh, Sidney Poitier, all of that. Now, here's... Here's two uh, more modern examples. If, if, like Nazarene X, I think he might have suggested, we're trying to be strategic because, you know, uh, genetic annihilation, 
you know, once you go black and have a baby, <laughs> the baby is black. There's only two examples that I can give you right now. But wait, uh, let, let, let me let me just interject real quick, just for a second. There, yes, are, there are a lot of folks out there that don't believe that no more. They believe, believe that don't believe what that once you go black, one drop blood, or, you know, one drop and all of that. There are a lot of folks that say, nah, those are not black people. There are a lot of people who believe that now. Yeah, I mean, they're talking about uh, even those people who of mixed race, some but all, such as Megan Marvin. She said, I don't consider myself black. I consider myself biracial. Um, in in if we're talking about in the context of like quote unquote taking sides, who's going to deny their white mother or their white father and vice versa? And that is a product of an interracial relationship. I would never ask anybody that is the product of an uh, uh, that's biracial byproduct of an interracial relationship to choose one or the other. That's your choice. My example is Jay Electronica. We was being strategic. Jay Electronica, Erica Badu's baby dad, was dating one he, of the Rothschilds. Yeah, a Rothschild, yeah. one of the thirteen family members. <laughs> he finessed uh, one of the whitest, the lilies of the lily white. <laughs> he actually pulled and finessed that. Wait, now, wait, that was wait, wait. Hold oh. on, hold on, hold on. We gotta oh. go. We gotta move forward. Oh. When we come back, <laughs> listen, when we come forward, we're going to go back to Heru Ali. He done brought up the Rothschilds. They're going to blow up the studio. <laughs> and to every one of y'all behind bars, you know that Angie loves you. But my black brother, Fire tonight. tonight. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to the voice of reason with Zoe Williams. Williams. Only on KBLA Talk 1580. Gotta start to tell you all about a neighborhood I know. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason has returned. We've come full circle. After coming forward, I'm live at KBLA Talk 1580. The voice of reason, we have provocative conversations. It is important that we have these types of conversations because many people don't want to have them. Many people are uncomfortable having them. Many people don't even see the need to have them. Can you be pro-black while being in an interracial relationship? one 800 920 Get to your phone lines. Heru Ali was on, and he was making his point. Heru, let's go. Peace, yes. The, uh, in reference to um, Nazarene X and what I thought that he was alluding to um, uh, in a portion of his uh, statements tonight, honors to the brother, honors to everybody else. If we've been strategic, uh, the, the two examples that I'll give you in modern day times, once again, with Jay Electronica, who somehow finessed a Rothschild princess. If you're not familiar with the Rothschilds, they're one of the so-called alleged 13 families who 
uh, rule the world, right? Well, one issue that I have with that is it would appear from the information in the, the document documentary that I watched about that relationship was it was all personal, St- uh, personally strategic in- instead of communally strategic. Because can you imagine the uh, the the char- charisma and the influence that he had over uh, 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 Miss Rothschild to take her away from her husband if he would have married her? You know what the resources that would have came with that? We're, we're talking about trillion dollar families. So I'm pretty sure she might have been disinherited, but I, I never heard of her being disinherited while she left her husband and her children. That's one example. Now here we come down to my level. The uh, what's the Jenner lady? She, <laughs> her husband uh, transitioned into whatever he transitioned to former great Wheaties sports hero oh and, and she she got her a, a regular brother. You know what I'm saying? What what is he gonna be able to do besides personal game? That's why I asked, what what are we talking about? I am trying to understand what is our working definition tonight. No, what is your general? working definition? You gotta give us I, your I will, definition. My working definition of quote unquote pro black has transitioned over the years because I went from uh, lack of knowledge of self to learning knowledge of self, different schools of thought. I thought that being pro-black was, it was all about black people, and it is, if you're quote-unquote pro-black. But the example was Harry Belafonte. Was he not pro-black? I think Harry Belafonte was was pro-black. I think he was pro-black. Absolutely. Now, listen, this thing about love, hell, I, the only time that I believe that you can can uh, experience unconditional love is, is parental, from my mama. Not from my daddy, but from my mama. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I always say that my love comes with conditions for everybody. <laughs> for for uh, my children, you know what I'm saying? For my siblings, it's just the whole love, the limerence thing. Long story short is, listen, I, I have spent a, my lifetime, almost 50 years, not only willing to risk my life for my people, which I, I'm still here to do that, but for folks I didn't even know that was white or black. Because was John Brown pro-black? Mm. Back during slavery, where some of the abolitionists Pro black is Amistad. Real quick, real quick before you go to Amistad, before you get to Amistad, your definition one more time. What is pro black to you? Pro black is being willing to do whatever it takes to help your people in any way that you can. Now, with that being said, what I can tell you. Personally, the people who have helped me the most in my careers coming up that treated me like a son was white folks that put me in position. Why? Because they looked at the content of my character and not the color of my skin. Ooh, ooh, Heru, tell them, keep going. I want to hear more. 
listen, now we know that we are inundated with testosterone toxic monkeys who are in charge. They're in charge around the world, and they are truly the minority. Truly the minority. So what are we talking about? I gave my definition. However, you know, whatever it was, can can I hear a working definition from our chief facilitator? No, so that's not what I do here. <laughs> no. Oh, no, are you good with the etymology and the definition and the exegesis? My, you know, my brother. Adam? No, no, but can, I, can no, I, I, I'll give you mine. I'll, I'll give you mine. But that's not what I do. But I will give you mm-hmm. mine, right. And and mine is exactly what yours is. I believe if you're pro-black, right, hundred percent, mm-hmm. right, hundred percent. I'm pro-black. Yes. That means. All black, everything. And for me, and and for me, especially in relationships, for me, I've just been that way. I don't, I don't know. I had one white girlfriend. You know, I like to tell the truth. I had one white girlfriend when I was in my teens. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, you know what shut all of that down? I got two sisters. No, I got (laughs) I got two sisters, and my mother was alive. Yes, and my the way my mama looked at now, mind you, my mother's mother, whom I never Mm -hmm. met, was biracial, cause Big Mama married a white man. And when I tell you, my mother looked at me with them hazel eyes. She, mm-hmm. she had hazel eyes. She looked at me like, you finna bring this girl around us? And then my two sisters looked and was like, what? That's all I needed. That's that, that's all I needed. And I, I was like, oh, I'm a little out of alignment. I'm out of pocket. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is before I'm I honest. heard. Go ahead. This, this is before mm-hmm. I heard Public Enemy. And ever since then, my whole ideation about sisters changed because I realized like you are an extension of the women in your family too. You're not just a dude out here roaming by yourself. You represent something a little bigger than just you. And once I started to see that, yeah, man, once I started to see that, I was like, all right, that's different. Okay. I got to do something. Well, I will tell you that my mother, um, wouldn't have cared one way or the other. Here in the North, you see that uh, there's a, we haven't had the complete breakdown of the 8% or the 4% because there's this subcategories. Wait, Heru, I got to stop you one more thing. You know why? You know why I got to stop you? Do you know why? I don't know why. Because we got to come forward. And you know why we got to come forward so quickly? (laughs) Do you know why? Why? Because you tried at the top of that hour? No, hold on. Because you're trying to interview me. See, that's not how it works, Heru. But no, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> it's okay, Heru. <laughs> when we come forward, Heru is gonna finally finish what he got to say. Is it good to you? Good to you. More voice of reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Yeah. You know you want some more. More. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580.
playlist will always be my co-host, legendary Stevie Wonder from the Spike Lee-directed film, <laughs> Jungle Fever. Oh, this topic has been, it's, it's been nuanced. It's been all over the place, and I love it. People are sharing their thoughts and their ideas. Ah, it's just difficult. It's, it's a difficult conversation, but I'm glad we started it. Heru Ali, I need you to give me your final thoughts in 60 seconds. Let's go. To wrap this up, um, we're not talking about the 4 and the 8%. I'll leave you all with this here. Um, it, growing up in, in the North where we were bombarded with, uh, as long as you're a good person, you know what I'm saying, uh, good people is good people. Um, growing up in a village um, uh, environment where we were welcoming, welcoming to, to everybody that was good people, that translated to me being in high school, uh, 90, 91. Mike Tyson got accused of so-called um, violating a sister. I was working at Wendy's. I was uh, infatuated with a, uh, a white girl. She was down with it. Had no uh, no clue about her family dynamic. Um, her friend, her other friend, who was a female white, saw how we interacted with each other. Told her father about it. Come to find out, he was one of the Grand Dragons of the KKK. Wow. He calls into work and tell, and has his daughter, who was all with it, that we never had relations, but who was with it, that I that I uh, violated her, uh, sexually assaulted her on the job. Local job, could have went to jail. And at that point, whether I knew it or not, that turned me off to like, you know what? Nope, not doing that. And so I transitioned back to sisters. Wow. Married my high school sweetheart, and the rest is history. So, listen, I, I cannot conceive of being with anyone other than my sister, and that is not at the hate of anybody else. Peace and love to the family nations. Stay safe. Love the topic. Heru Ali, thank you, brother. You brought Battle Creek, Michigan in the building. Mimi, Jacksonville, Florida, has been on for quite some time. I'm sorry, Mimi, but I finally got to you. Talk to me, sister, about tonight's topic. What are your thoughts? Hey, everyone. I didn't say it. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? You could say, hey, Zoe, you're famous for it now. I'm not going to give it to you. Whoa. Hey. Hold on. <laughs> hey, Zoe. I'm calling your show. Hey. <laughs> Hey, so Hey, everyone. There we go. We got it. All right. Talk to me. What are your thoughts? Well, to answer your question, your topic, yes, it is possible to be pro-black and be in an interracial relationship. But for me, I just absolutely love black men from the lightest light to the darkest dark. There is no other man walking on the face of the earth that does it for me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Y'all okay, are crazy. So why, is this, why you got to say it so but poetically and soft? And because I love black men. Love, 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 blackity, black, 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 black man. 
Get ready, I get, love ready y'all. get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love y'all. Well, I we, love black men. We appreciate the love for sure. Somebody yep. called you the melanated Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Happy birthday to whoever said that. Oh, my God. Thank you, Mimi. <laughs> we appreciate it. Jacksonville, Florida is in the building because of you. Let me just get right to it. Or should I come forward and, and, and okay, I can just talk here. All right. So, listen, my honest breakdown on this thing is this. Love, high level of consciousness. It's not a verb. It's not a group of actions or behaviors and all of that. It's not that. You've heard me talk about it. Love is a high level of consciousness. Consciousness is just another term for awareness, right? The greater the level of awareness, the, the, the broader the perspective, the more encompassing the perspective. The reason why I'm giving you this definition and breakdown of love is because it's rare. It's rare. All relationships are inter-experiential, intercultural. Listen, I'm from Pasadena. Pasadena and Altadena are there's subtle differences. But if you're not from there, you don't know. Right? And then when Altadena and Pasadena get outside of Altadena and Pasadena, we coalesce into a unit like, oh, you from Dina? Yeah, I'm from Dina. We Dina. Relationships have these, what I like to call, intersections of different experiences. Different experiences produces different perspectives. Different perspectives mean you're going to have to have communication style skills. You're going to have to have listening skills. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to compromise. You're going to have to be uh, respectful. You're going to have to show decorum. you got to stand up for yourself and you got to stand up for your partner. Sometimes you got to stand up to your partner. I'm trying to lay out all these different qualities you must have just to be in a regular relationship. Now, when you take it a step further, and you get into a relationship with somebody with totally different social game rules. That's going to be problematic. You might have, you, you two might love each other, but the family might not be accepting of the person that's outside of their race. Right? You two might vibe with each other, but the family might be like, nah, we cool. You might have a difficult time explaining your cultural experience to your partner. This goes back to what I talk about when I said relationship is a shared experience that you can't fully share. Imagine an interrelation, uh, interracial relationship. I am black. I can't fully share what that means. You can be with me and enjoy me, but... You can't fully have a direct experience of the black experience through me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Tough stuff, right? Back in the day, it used to be called miscegenation. It was illegal for couples of different races to marry. Now, it's all the rage. But all of the same coping skills you need to be in a healthy relationship have to be a part of this 
And if you come from a toxic family, a toxic situation, it's going to be difficult for you to be in an inter, interracial relationship. It just is. Right? Relationships are about you healing you. And boy, you compound the problem when you get with somebody who has hurt you. Oh, man, heavy stuff. We started the conversation. You finish it. Whether you agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. I just want the conversation to live on. When we come forward, you're going to get the replay of our girl, Ariva, our woman, Ariva, as well as Les Brown. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.